Unless you want to stand for the whole message. I have to. No. Uh, Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Uh, someone might take me up on that, I think. So, Proverbs chapter 11. Guy told this story. He said, when I was in junior high school, the eighth grade bully punched me in the stomach. Not only did it hurt and make me angry, but the embarrassment and humiliation were almost intolerable. I desperately wanted to even the score. Well, I planned to meet him by the bike racks the next day and let him have it. For some reason, I said, I don't know why, I told my plan to Nana, my grandmother, and that was a big mistake. She gave me the, uh, one of her hour-long lectures. That woman could really talk. I thought the lecture was a, a total drag. That was language, lingo in that day. But among other things, I vaguely remember her telling me I didn't need to worry about him. She said, good deeds beget good results, and evil deeds beget bad results. I told her, in a nice way, of course, that I thought she was crazy. I told her that I did good things all the time, and all I got in return was baloney. She stuck to her guns. She said, every good deed will come back to you someday, and every bad thing you do will also come back to you. It took me 30 years to understand the wisdom of her words. Nana was living in a board and care home in Laguna Hills, California. Each Tuesday, I came by, took her out to dinner. I'd always find her neatly dressed, sitting in a chair right by the front door. I vividly remember our very last dinner together before she went into a nursing home for good. We drove to a nearby simple little family-owned restaurant. I ordered pot roast for Nana and a hamburger for myself. The food arrived, and as I dug in, I noticed Nana wasn't eating. She was just staring at the food on her plate. I moved my plate aside. I took Nana's plate, placed it in front of me. I cut her meat into small pieces. I then placed the plate back in front of her. She weakly and with great difficulty began forking the meat into her mouth. And I was struck at that moment with a memory, a memory that brought instant tears to my eyes. Forty years previously, as a little boy sitting at the table, Nana took the meat on my plate, cut it into small pieces, so I could eat it. It had taken 40 years, but the good deed had been repaid. Nana was right. We reap exactly what we sow. Every good deed you do will someday come back to you, were her words, and they were true. What she taught that young man that day and what she lived is found in the Bible. We know it best from Galatians 6, 7, and 8, where God says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. But that's in the New Testament. And what does that have to do with Proverbs chapter 11? And I am so glad you asked me that question. Take a close look at Proverbs 11:31. What does God tell us? Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. 
much more the wicked and the sinner. What did Solomon write? He wrote the very same thing that later on New Testament writer Paul would give to us as well. The principle of sowing and reaping. And that is going to be the principle that we'll look at in Proverbs uh, in, the, in the days ahead on Wednesday nights as we continue our study. The principle of sowing and reaping. And I have a nice short outline for you. Short, only because you're going to fill in a number of things later on. <laughs> you didn't figure it was actually short because it was short. I'll explain that in a little while, in a little bit, uh, a little while. But you might have asked yourself the question when I had you turn to verse 31. Well, are we already at Proverbs 11:31? And maybe some of you had no idea that we weren't quite there yet. But um, uh, that question might come to mind when I directed your attention to the last verse, because the last truth we considered was found in verse 14. Does anyone remember what it was? About a year ago, <laughs> about three or four weeks, four weeks, four, four weeks ago, I think five weeks, something like that. All right, we looked at the matter of counsel, found in verse 14, where no counsel is the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Now you might say, well, aren't there any other truths that are found between verses 15 and 31? Pastor, you haven't gotten that far at all. I know there are other truths. And I'm not seeking to, I'm not ignoring those verses at all. But the truth of the matter is something happened when I was reading, starting, well, we already talked about surety. So I started in verse 16 and was reading a few verses there. And something happened as I read verse 16, 17, 18, and 19. It seemed like a principle was found uh, which was common to each one of the verses, and the principle would ultimately be the principle of sowing and reaping. Look at verse 16. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. Isn't that sowing and reaping? Uh, if you look at verse 18, the wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. So in each one of these verses, as I was reading them, it, it started to, if you would, dawn on me. Sometimes it takes a long time for things to dawn on me, but it started to dawn on me. Hey, look, these verses are dealing with this matter of sowing and reaping. And, uh, and so I actually started to develop an outline with those four verses in mind. And then as I looked further at the passage, I went on a few more verses and I found that verses 20 and 21 were also fitting. They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord, sowing and reaping. But such as are upright in their way are his delight, sowing and reaping. Verse 21, the, uh, though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Aren't these all teachings sowing and reaping? And the fact of the matter is that they are. And so I continue to read the chapter and I come to verse 31 and it's like, ding, 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 ding. All right, listen, pay attention here. There's a lot about sowing and reaping in these verses. And you say, oh, so you skipped verses 22 to verse to 31. No, I didn't. The truth of the matter is we're going to find sowing and reaping in a number of those verses as well. 
So if you would allow me, I am, well, I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyway. <clears throat> okay, but as I was reading through these verses, I found that they really do give us a wonderful picture of this principle of sowing and reaping in numerous ways for us to consider, for us to think about. And, uh, and so I hope you will be challenged as we do something different than we've been doing since we started chapter 10. I know we started chapter 10 because in chapter 10, the Proverbs in earnest start. You remember what we said. Solomon wrote a number of truths, a number of wise principles in the first nine chapters. But the actual Proverbs, short, if you would, pithy maxims that teach truth, those start in chapter 10. And they go through the end of the book. Actually, there's a couple places where he, he strays from that. And we'll see that a little bit later on in latter chapters. But starting in chapter 10, and now for a number of chapters, we actually have the Proverbs, which are just short statements. And we have been studying them from the standpoint of topics. But as I got to these verses and I started to read through, I saw that there were so many that shared the principle of sowing and reaping that I felt it'd be valuable for us to do that very thing. And so... Um, though the subject matter is extremely varied throughout these verses, and although we may actually come back and look at some of the subjects in these verses, I ask you to study with me the subject of sowing and reaping. And let's see what God has for us. First, I want you to see the principle. It's very simple outline, I know, the principle. And what is the principle? Okay, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't know those words already, sowing and reaping. Now, before we get into the specifics of the principle in these verses, let's mention that this verse, verse 31, has two interpretations. When I first read verse 31, my thought was, sowing and reaping, righteous people are going to reap, wicked people are going to reap. That actually could be the, the, the focus of the verse, but there's also another understanding, and I want to share both with you real quickly, if I can. And I'm going to do it anyway, so you don't have a choice. This is like a no choice. This is just given to you. All right. So, uh, but it's possible that verse 31 is saying the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. In other words, they're going to receive, uh, uh, if you would, they're going to reap things for what they sow. And then the second part of the verse would be that wicked people as well won't get away with things. They're also going to reap uh, what they sow in life. So it's true that that verse could be understood this way. Uh, if it is uh, viewed this way, then it would be uh, clearly what we're going to teach and what we're going to find in verses 14 all the way through verse 30 uh, as well as we see the principle of sowing and reaping. But there's a uh, kind of a more accepted view, at least it seemed like a number of the con conservative commentators on, these pa on this passage uh, seem to write that they believe that this verse is a little, a little bit different than that. He says, Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked in the sinner. And rather than seeing it as contrasting righteous people being rewarded and wicked people being punished, they see it as righteous people actually being punished for their sins. And then the second part of this, uh, 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 like a, a continuation of thought, the wicked should never think they're going to get away with it. And actually, it would be a proper interpretation or understanding of this verse. 
righteous people, when they sin or do wrong, will receive payment for their evil. And then the point would be, or the continuation would be, how much more will the wicked receive such for the evil they do? Now you say, why would they come away with that understanding? That's a good question. Thanks for asking. You've been asking some good questions tonight already. And I haven't given you an opportunity to ask them anyway. But um, let me explain it. If it's viewed this way, uh, the, it's a powerful warning to wicked people to remember they won't escape judgment for their deeds. But why would we see this verse from that perspective? Well, look, if you would, at the verse again. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed. What does it say? In the earth. The reason they believe that it's uh, the thought that the righteous will be recompensed, they'll be paid, if you would, for their sins, and then that it's the wicked will certainly, and they better not think they're, they're going to get away with it. Still the principle of sowing and reaping, okay? But they believe it's pointed that way because of that little phrase, in the earth. And the idea would be that, look, righteous people are not going to receive eternal judgment. They're going to receive the reward of their faith in Jesus Christ, eternal life in heaven. Correct? But look, God judges sin. And righteous people in the earth, while they live life, will be punished for their sins. God doesn't allow righteous people to go on in their sin. There are consequences for doing that which is wrong. You, you can be saved, you can be part of the family of God, but if you choose to sin, let me tell you something, there's consequences for that. Sowing and reaping. So the principle is still the same. But it's interesting because many then, or at least a number of writers, seem to view it as this. Look, righteous people are gonna receive recompense for any sin that they do because God judges sin, he is the judge of all the earth. They receive it in this lifetime. They won't receive it in the, in the world to come. Wicked people, they better not think, well, I'm getting away with it. Look at this. The righteous man, look what's happening to him. Look at the trouble he has. I don't have any trouble at all. Wicked people better not think that way. Because whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And there is a payday that is coming. And so whether you look at it as a verse that has positive, negative, or a verse that gives us one basic thought, God is the judge of all the earth and he will judge all, he still, and this verse still teaches that overall principle of sowing and reaping. You can't get away from it. It's what God has actually woven into all of life. You cannot escape sowing and reaping principle. So whatever interpretation you take, the principle is still the same. For every deed, there is a payment. And we need to understand that, by the way. Jesus took our eternal payment. And so when we put our faith and trust in him, he already suffered the punishment of our sins in his own body on the tree. And what a wonderful God. So may every one of my sins has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why I will be in heaven someday, not because of me, but because of a great savior who paid the price and took care of my sin. But there's... Also, the reality that if I choose to sin in this life now as a believer in Jesus Christ, I am not going to escape God's judgment in this life because God does not tolerate sin. He is the judge of all the earth. So there you have two different truths, two different interpretations, but quite frankly, both 
are consistent with the language that's found in this verse. And both could be the understand or an understanding for this verse. So so there you have it. I wanted you to at least hear and understand that there were there are two different ways to look at it. Either way, we still come to the same truth. So let me share some things about that truth. First, it's an eminent truth. Eminent truth. Now, I just read the verse. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked in the sinner. Right? You know how you should read it? Behold! Pay attention. Listen. This is an important truth. It's an eminent truth. Don't miss it. It's designed to grab our attention. I didn't read it like that when I first did it, but that is the way this was intended to be understood. So that if you were to read this proverb as it stood alone, you would have been arrested by what's supposed to come. Behold! Listen! Just like Jesus said, verily, verily. He did that for a reason. I want your attention here. Listen to me. You've never done that with your kids, have you? You've never done that with people who weren't listening to you and falling asleep on you, right? You've done it before. Hey, listen to me. I got something important. Okay, look, you haven't been paying attention, but now I got something to to pay attention to. And that's what the writer is doing here. He wants us to understand this is an important truth. And listen, it's a truth that we know and we hear all the time. But here's the truth. We don't live in light of it often. Many times we ignore it or somehow in our, our mind, our, our sinful human nature just kind of wants to push it aside and ignore the reality that what a person sows they will reap. But it's an important truth. It was important enough that he not only said, behold, pay attention, this is an eminent truth, but over and over in the verses that precede it, we find that laid out for us in the Proverbs that teach different truths, but also teach this truth. So as we come to these verses, we've got to pay attention to this. This is, this is a, if you, if you, we'll put it as a preeminent truth. It's an important truth, and it's one that we better not forget. Um, Psalm 58, 11 says this, So that a man shall say, Verily there is a reward for the righteous. Verily he is a God that judgeth in the earth. And there is a God that judges, and we must never forget that, the judge of all the earth. Do you remember when Abraham came to the Lord and said, will you spare, will you spare um, Sodom and Gomorrah if there's 50 righteous? You know, and then we, we keep, there's this bargaining that goes on. And then finally we get down to what? Five. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what was it? Was it five? Was it, yeah, whatever. Anyway. He goes through this whole thing, and finally, like, okay, this is a, this is the last. I won't ever. I won't ask for any more. Um, and and he said, "Shall not the judge of all the earth do right?" And he will. And this is a truth that Solomon wanted to wanted to just drive home, and he wanted to get our attention about. So he didn't just write it as a proverb saying, "Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth." But behold. Now that I have your attention, let me tell you. The righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. Don't ever forget it. 
Look, if a child's going in the direction a parent doesn't want them to go, they might say, hey, hey, Jimmy, if it's Jimmy, okay, don't go over there. Come back here beside mommy right now. But if little Jimmy's headed for a road full of traffic, how is mom going to say it? Jimmy, stop! Because she wants to get his attention. Because it's life and death. This proverb is life and death. This proverb is that important. And unlike a great majority of the proverbs, this is one that has an exclamation at the start to get your attention and to remind you this truth is something you need to know. It's a powerful truth. It's an important truth. It's a vital truth. It's eminent. It's an encompassing truth. If you look at verse 31, this is, I know this is really profound. This is deep. I know you've never thought about this. It deals with everyone. It's all encompassing. You say, what do you mean it deals with everyone? Well, look, there's only really, at least as far as this verse is concerned, two kinds of people in this world. Right? Righteous and wicked. So everyone falls in this. Everyone needs this message. Everyone, everyone comes within the realm of the truth that's, that's brought out in verse 31. It's an encompassing truth. Now, that could be the end of our discussion. It's kind of like, all right, we're done. Wicked, righteous, whole world, everyone's included. But you go back and, you, and, and look, if you would, at verse 16. And, and what, what do you see? Not just, you know, say, the righteous and the wicked, but, but who, who also are included in this instruction? Okay, men and women. Starts with women. Usually women are left out of a lot of things, all right? But you're not in this one. Gracious women receive something. They're sowing and reaping, and actually it's a positive thing. For the men, it's mostly negative. You go through this list. Uh, but the ladies, you know, all he brings out is women that are gracious because I guess all women are gracious. Okay, I'm getting myself. All right, we'll leave it there. But it's an encompassing truth. So men and women are, are, are talked about in this. Um, in verse 18, deceitful people and good people. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Um, so it's an all-encompassing truth. Uh, even tight wads and generous people, verses 25 and 26. Um, so this is an encompassing truth that includes everyone. So no wonder he would say, behold, everyone needs to hear this. Everyone needs to know this. It's eminent. It's encompassing. It's extensive. It's an extensive truth. You say, what do you mean? Well, not, not only does it include everyone, but it, it talks about and it's dealing with all areas of life are impacted by this principle, sowing and reaping, every area of life. So let's just go through some of them. Verses 16 to 20, uh, 21, personal conduct. If you're gracious or if you're merciful, if you're wicked, if you sow righteousness, um, if you're fro uh, froward in heart or if you're upright, uh, these, these things, all these, these kind of people, their personal conduct has bearing. They're sowing and reaping for personal conduct. But get this. It also applies to financial matters, verses 24 and 25. There's that scattereth and yet increases. There is that withholdeth more than is meat, but attendeth to poverty. They're sowing and reaping. The liberal soul is going to be what? 
It's one of the few times you're encouraged in the Bible to be liberal, okay? This is one of them. Liberal soul is going to be made fat, and that's not physically either, okay? But he that watereth shall be watered also himself, sowing and reaping in the matter of financial, in the uh, financial realm. So uh, financial matters. Uh, verse 26, business matters. If someone withholds corn, the people will curse him, sowing and reaping. Blessing will be upon the head of him that selleth it. Business dealings, sowing and reaping. Um, uh, pursuits of life, verse 27. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor. You seek mischief, it's going to come unto you. Sowing, reaping. So uh, just think about how extensive this is. Personal conduct, financial matters, business matters, pursuits of life. Home life, verse 29. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. The fool shall be a servant to the wise in heart of heart. So look, this, this is so extensive. It deals with every area of life. There is not an area of life that isn't touched by sowing and reaping. What you do brings results. And we need to remember that. And so is it any wonder he started out, Behold! This is an eminent truth. And it's extensive. It's all-encompassing. It deals with all areas of life. How important is it for us to, to live in light of this truth and not allow it to, to just pass us by. Um, it is an eternal truth. And, and what I mean by that is, is, is this. You know, Billy Sunday used to preach a message, and I think we could base it on verse 31, if we give it that second interpretation. Payday someday. Okay? But verse 31 isn't saying necessarily only there's a payday someday. It's saying there's a payday, and, and it's an eternal truth. It could happen at any time so that someone, I, I know, I'm, I'm going, someone could drink all their life and never have a wreck, never have a, a, a serious problem, and they may just go on and die, but there's going to be a payday for that. Someone could drink once, get drunk, get in a car wreck, lose his leg. Why the discrepancy? Because the principle is sowing and reaping. It will come. We don't know the time, though. We never know the time. Someone may get, someone may get, get caught the, the first time they, they cheat the government in taxes. Someone may cheat the government for years, and, and no one will ever know, but God does. And when a man sows, he reaps. So we need to understand this is an eternal truth that it's, it's always working in life. And that's why he said, behold, because it's always working in life and you never know when it's going to come to pass. So it would be best to be found doing righteous things because you'll reap than doing wicked things because you very well could reap. Well, it won't happen to me. <laughs> it's an eternal truth, people. No one that has lived since Adam and no one ever, that ever will live on this world will escape the principle of sowing and reaping. It's eternal. Always has been, always will be. It involves every area of life. You cannot escape it. And that's why you need to understand it and live in light of it.
because whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And it's, it's challenging. It's encouraging, though. Do you know there's probably far more positive in these verses from verse 14 to 31 than there is negative? So often when we preach on sowing and reaping, we preach on don't do wrong. But God says there's a lot of good that's going to bring a lot of reward. So do right and don't do wrong. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the challenge and at least the opportunity you've given me to, to lay out the direction we're going and, uh, and to present the, the idea, the concept taught in verse 31 that sowing and reaping is a true principle. It's an eternal principle. It's one that encompasses every area of life and it extends to every area of life and it's so important for us to live in light of. So help us to, to remember this truth, live in light of it. And I pray, Lord God, that it would have an impact upon the way we live this week. And I'll thank you for what you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you and, and as you live in light of that truth, sowing and reaping. You're dismissed.